presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, a sports gambling podcast by betters for betters, connecting you with the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all the sports gambling industry. So as always, pull up a chair, open up your mind, and get ready to receive knowledge you won't find anywhere else. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. This is Wise Words. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and beautiful gambling people joining us for episode number nine nine already oh my gosh of the wise words podcast i can't believe it just as much as you can't i am your humbled honored hyped and you know always handicapping host colton captain colt sroka and i can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by and get some of the best knowledge and insights on the market from some of the brightest and sharpest names in the sports gambling industry now my friends We have what I deem as a legend in our industry joining us for episode number nine. But before I bring in that man, you know I got one other man that I need to bring in. He's the man that sits to my left on this show, but also every episode of the Talking the Line podcast live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Please help me welcome him in for today's show, the man, the myth. The degenerate gambling legend and TTL resident South Sider, and let's not forget Cheesehead Faithful himself, Mr. Riley, Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I could not be doing much better. It is a uh, you know beautiful, chilly, ice cold day here in the Windy City, whatever you want to call it. It's getting into those days here, but I'm once again coming uh, a week nine of the Wise Words podcast. Not so much Victory Monday as it has been the last seven or so episodes, but, you know, another Packers win. I keep saying it, but the more these go on, the more the Packers win, and I can't stop. Otherwise, I'm concerned that they'll stop themselves. So we're going to keep rocking and rolling, and, uh, you know, another victory, we'll say Wednesday heading into Sunday. But I'm feeling damn good, my man. I'm excited to get this episode rocking and rolling. You feeling better over there now? You said your piece, everything good about your Packers. Okay, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad yeah. to hear it. I know you've been waiting for a while to be mm-hmm. able to uh, share that with our audience and everybody mm-hmm. tuning in. So, of course. different story for me and my Bears. We'll stay off that soapbox. Uh, not anything else on this end of the planet yeah. we need to cover. Anything else over there before I bring in the ninth guest of Wise Words, my friend? No, sir. I believe we're ready to rock. All right. Well, without further ado, as always, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. My friends, I've already said it, but he is a legend in the sports media and sports gambling industries, and he's actually been going through quite a few changes in our industry over the past week. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the fact that he's even taking 30 to 45 minutes, whatever the show might be here to grace us with our presence, is something we will be eternally grateful for. Cannot say thank you enough, but a little bit more about him. 
You may know him as the former on-air host of Pushing the Odds, presented by Sports Map Radio. But as I said, he's got a new gig. You can check him out on his new show, The Prop City Pod, with co-host, a favorite guy of mine, Patrick Everson, presented by Props US. You can also still catch him every Wednesday for his weekly show, The Sharps Report, presented by Betting Pros. My friends... He is the deliverer of the daily juice, so you better believe me and this man are more than juiced to speak with him ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome in Director of New Media at Props US, Professor of Journalism and Media Studies at UNLV, Sports Betting Analyst and Content Creator, and oh, let me not forget one more time, Sports Radio Legend. Mr. Matt Peralt. Well, that might be the most insane intro that I've ever had. So, uh, <laughs> Let's go. Let's I, go. I, I appreciate it. I don't know if the bar is uh, too high for this, but thank you. Very happy to be here, guys. Thanks for the invitation. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, your thank words, you. it's all my pleasure. I uh, I always like to do that for our guests, kind of uh, knock their socks off. I know off air, we uh, you said, oh, just a little something, something. Like, hey, I got something cooked up for you. Don't <laughs> worry. So I'm glad you enjoyed it, Matt. Again, thank you so much for being on with us, my friend. Uh, we've had some of your cohorts on, uh, Sportsbook and SIG, all of the cast ah, generation show guys. Nice. So we've had a lot of fun doing these. So we can't wait to uh, get your wise words here today, my friend. So outside of that, We'll get right on into it. Um, first questions first from me. Now, I've been asking this to every single one of our guests because you know everybody has a different process. Everybody kind of comes from a different walk, different angle in the industry. So my first question to you, what would be your number one piece of advice for a brand new better who just downloaded XYZ Sportsbook, getting ready to smash in plays left, right, and center, but also the daily degenerate could heed and add to their daily process as well? Well, I think for the newbie, someone coming in for the first time, I think the most important piece of advice I would give is patience and go slow. The thing about sports betting is it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. And so if you think about coming into this space for the first time and you're a big Eagles fan or you're a big Bears fan and you're like, let's go, I'm putting $500 down on Eagles to win and then you lose. And then you're like, okay, now what? Like you, I think you have to be very careful. Bankroll management is probably the most important piece of advice you can give to anyone, both a newbie, an experienced person, you know, whatever your bankroll is, you know, and whatever you're comfortable, it should be one to 5% of your overall bankroll is what you're putting in play every single time you bet. And Mm -hmm. I really do believe in flat wagering. I believe that it's important to look at this as a big picture item. And so often I see, you know, young guys who come in full of gusto and start firing and all of a sudden they're down a grand and they're like, what did I do? How did this happen? Like what I was playing a bunch of parlays and, you know, you know, it's a, I, I thought I was going to hit four of them and I hit none of them. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I, you know, my bankroll's gone. Why, what, what now? And right, I, right. I, I, th- I think that is such a, a common occurrence because these sports books are going to feed you same game parlay promotions and odds boosts and whatever they're going to try to do to, to, to encourage you to fire. And you're like, oh my gosh, how could I not take this team at plus 200? It's a, it's an, yeah. it's a lock. This team's going to win. <laughs> right. And then it's like, wait, where'd my money go? And you're looking around. So, I mean, bankroll management is the most important thing, but look at this as a big picture. And remember the best 
weapon we have against the sports books is that we don't have to bet on anything. They have to put numbers up. We don't have to bet. That's our weapon. If you don't use that weapon, you're leaving something really off the table that can help you be a much more successful better. I love that. That is uh, that's kind of a common theme of uh, the first part of kind of the bankroll management. Um, a lot of our guests have talked about in the past, but I was actually talking with uh, Consig a little earlier today and uh, talking about some of those same game parlays and the stuff that are offer. And sure, it looks great. It's wonderful. Let's jump in gung ho. Yeah, but... I mean, we have to give full disclosure here, right? Because I, I essentially have worshipped at the feet of Dave Sharapan for the better part of four years. Okay, so let's just give credit where credit is due as For to sure. where I am in my knowledge and the amount of time he has taken to bring me behind the counter and the Absolutely. amount of on air conversations he and I have had yeah. pale nothing compared to the off air conversations yeah. he and I have had. Absolutely. So, I mean, in terms of my, uh, my go-to, my Yoda, my, you know, my sensei, the, you know, that's the dude yeah. right there. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. We we concur 150%. He is uh, our guy too, so we concur on that for sure. What do you got, partner? I can building off that a little bit, Matt. What would you suggest to certain people at the, let's say, the beginning of a certain season? I don't know if you're a big college basketball guy, big college basketball yep. better. That season's coming up. So what would you would you give similar advice as me? You know, kind of taking it easy. Don't dive too deep. I don't know how. There's I know there's huge slate next Tuesday. Would you say, give similar advice as kind of taking it easy to start off as whether it's college basketball or any other sport? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, like, just because we think we know what's going to happen doesn't mean mm -hmm. last year. I mean, look at the NHL this year, right? So yeah. I, I was pretty good. End of last year, I was hot in the NHL. I, I, I was knocking down probably, you know, six and a half out of every 10 bets I was making. And then I came out using similar logic and using similar opportunities with the NHL, and I opened up one in nine in the NHL. I got my right. teeth kicked in right yeah. away, right out of the gate. Yeah. I, I, I won my second best last night with the Oilers taking down <laughs> yeah. the Kraken on the puck line. Those are my second <laughs> winning bet in the NHL this year. Right. So, right. I mean, it's still very early, but like year to year, just because everyone thinks that, oh, it's Duke and they're loaded again. Okay, maybe they are. Oh, it's Kentucky, here they come. Or, oh, I love yeah. Illinois. Or, oh, I, I love these big 10 teams. They're all gonna be great again. I mean, we have to let these teams play we can look at paper and project, but you have to let these teams play it out. And that's why I do like betting futures, but I don't like betting who's going to win a championship or a title or a division. I like betting win totals and point totals because I do think over the course of an entire season, as long as injuries don't really hamper the team, you can make some good projections as to what a team is going to do. So like in the NFL, one of my favorite, I mean, my favorite bet this year, this summer was the Raiders to win more than six and a half games. I have the Bengals to win more than six and a half games. Both those teams have gotten off to very good starts just based upon you can project what their team is going to look like based on the schedule they're going to play. So I, I don't think you have to go too light on the, you know, on the props of the futures, yeah. things early in the preseason, but on the first couple of games out of the slate, yeah, you've got to be careful about, you know, it's a long season. You've got a long way to go before March. Yeah, most definitely. And it seems like people have not only realized that, but sometimes they realize it too late and then they try yeah. to do the opposite and correct it. And then they have another month where they're struggling. I, you know, the NBA, I think is a decent example of that. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, you know, Colt and I are both big college basketball guys. So, we're obviously going to have some plays next week, but I think mm -hmm. you know, dipping our toes in lightly is, uh, you know, the key words there.
partner, you're going to have to pull the reins back on me, my friends, because <laughs> I have already looked at that slate and I want to dive deep. So, hey, you're going you're gonna to have to help me out on that end of the spectrum. But, all right, next one uh, coming up from me now, Matt. I know that um, you got your start in radio. You've seen kind of that side of the thing, the, the radio-only side of sports betting and sports media and kind of now what we're seeing. we got so many different podcasts, so many different, the VSINs, the Sports Map radios, the Props US, everything now starting their own kind of networks and stuff. What do you think is the future of sports betting content? Are we kind of topped out? I've been asking a lot of uh, our guests this as well. Are we kind of at the top of what we'll see for a little while, or are there some big things coming right around the horizon? Yeah, we're only in the first inning, guys. I mean, we're really, really early in all of this. And yeah. a lot of the stuff we're going to see that's out there right now is going to die on the vine. And a lot of the content that's being created right now will not be the same content, the same way that fantasy came out of the gate and had all sorts of different shows and content and, mm. you know, all the different platforms were, were throwing money around, sponsoring anybody who wanted to talk about DFS, they were talking about it. And where are those shows now? They're gone. So mm. I, I think what's going to last are people who are honest, who people who talk about things in an intelligent and entertaining way, and people that will tell you the truth that you're going to lose. You're not going to get rich doing this. You're going right. to lose. And if you're not having fun doing this, if this is not fun, get out and stop doing it because this is an entertainment. This is for fun. There are very few people in the world who are good enough to do this for a living. And they are very unique and oftentimes very eccentric people who can look at diagrams, who can look at models, who can do things that are really in-depth and they have the time and resources to be able to do it. They're out there. But for the 25-year-old guy who thinks that I can be a professional sports better or, hey, I want a two-team parlay, why don't I go ahead and start doing my own service or why can't I get hired to host a podcast? Yeah, th that's not where we're headed. And long-term, it's the people who are going to talk about this as what it, what it is. We mm -hmm. are down. When we start, we're down. They're putting mm -hmm. up $100 to our $110 yep. right from the get-go, okay? Yep. And then it just yep. goes down from there. And when you add yep. a leg to a parlay or you add a leg to a teaser, you're just putting yourself further and further behind the eight ball and it makes it more and more difficult to overcome the juice on the book. So as right. long as I, – I think the audiences are going to be able to smell it down the road that – hey, there may be this person or that person, you know, if they've been in the business for a, a month, a year. I mean, there are people getting hired right now who literally have been in broadcasting for four months. Right. And like, yeah. you're getting, you know, good broadcasting jobs where yeah. four months ago they were doing something totally different. Right. I mean, maybe those people will be great. I don't know. Sure. But I think the most, the, the majority of people who are, who are going to be in this in four to five years are the ones that are, that are talking about this honestly and actually are involved in it every day. Yeah, I can really appreciate that, Matt, because I know I appreciate that from you because uh, I see that in your day-to-day -day content and bringing that real spin and aspect. And that's stuff we've talked about with the Cash Can Sid guys, what they do over there. That's what we try and do with our daily show, Talking to Line Pod. Just bring that real aspect. And we're not going to sit here and act like we know everything about everything. Obviously, we do spend more time than the average bear, but, hey, we all lose. It's always it's going to be that. We're never going to hide our losers. So I really appreciate that. We got yeah, free, yeah okay. free content, I think, also is going to be a huge part of this. I, I think mm -hmm. people who are you know, putting things out that is accessible, podcasts like this, things that, that people want to follow and want to get, in, get involved with, and, and, and they'll gravitate towards the hosts that I think are the ones that are the most open and you know, transparent about what's happening. And, and, and look, if you win, that's awesome. And, and, and let's ride it. Let's go. Sure, but, yeah. I mean, understand that code streaks happen, and you know, we don't all hit 85% of our bets. Sure enough, been there, done that, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you got, partner? 
So sticking with uh, the content space, uh, for someone who, I've been interested to uh, ask our guests this, for someone who's been in the space for a while, have you, now that you know a million and one different people are joining the space on a daily basis, are you finding any changes as far as the ease of kind of, whether it's picking off public perception, now that there's a lot more public perception, have you, find, have you found it easier to make bets based off of the in added uh, volume that's coming into the space or is it not much different than past years? Um, all right. So pushing the odds was one of, and, and people were trying to claim this, there's no way of really proving this, but we are one of, if not the first nationally syndicated sports gambling only talk show in the country on national radio. Mm-hmm. So I... Pushing the Odds went live six months before PAPSA got repealed in New Jersey with the Supreme Court. And my bosses were very skeptical when I went to them and said, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, what happens if it doesn't get repealed? You're doing a show for one state, basically. I said, yeah, but I'm based in Vegas, and I think gambling content is still going to be relevant, and we can kind of cater and, and turn things around. And then obviously it passed and things exploded. When I started Pushing the Odds, I think that there was – um, there was this feeling out there that everyone was going to be, you know, coming out of the gates winning, that people were going to destroy because of the, you know, people were going to be able to be more widely known and, and, and experiment more. I will say the public is sharper now than it was four years ago. There are more people out there. There's more content. There's more information. The public understands what the book is doing more, but the book will lay traps big traps more now so than ever before and the average person doesn't understand when the book is laying a trap and the book is is essentially daring the public to bet the other side and there have been certain games in the nfl this year i mean the patriots and the bucks game was clear the paid team they were laying a trap for everyone to bet on brady to come in and then whoops that didn't happen (laughs) so like they they will when, when the book takes a position now this is where I think you have to pay attention to it because it is rare for the books to take positions, but when they do, you need to be paying attention to it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. I think the NFL so far from what I've seen, at least uh, NFL NBA over the last couple of months, I would say earlier on in the NBA or in the NFL, excuse me, there was a handful of those traps, like you mentioned the Patriots and not so much in these uh, day-to-day sports like NBA. Hmm. So I, I would say the NFL is probably the biggest one that I've seen so far. Yeah, the big college football games too. I mean, the, 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 there's oh, big yeah, standalone yeah. college, college games. Yeah, they'll, they'll do the same. Do the same thing. Um, yeah. Really, anytime there's a standalone nationally televised broadcast game, yeah. you have to pay attention to what the book is doing because the handle's going to go up, the interest right. is going to go up, so people sure. are going to pay attention to it more, and that's mm-hmm. when the books tend to go. All right, if I if we like our number, we don't care. Like I was listening to to the head trader at Points Bet the other day, who was talking, and he was basically saying like, "Hey, I, I, we don't care if we get." the side wrong as long as our number is right and if we like our number and we believe in our number 85 percent of the money can be on the other side we don't care we're comfortable right. as long as we get the number right so you got to be careful of that when the book is willing to do that they hey when uh classic another classic consig shout out nobody knows shit in that scenario throw all the money on one <laughs> side and everybody else is on the other so see i mean i i fight with dave on this though like i, I know this is I his say- like the, he says nobody knows shit, and and I do get his point, and we fight right. on this a lot. But the books win if nobody knows <laughs> shit. There's somebody who somebody. there's somebody who knows something, okay? Right. So don't tell me the books don't know anything. That, sure. that that's the book in him, and we him and I did a segment called <laughs> yeah. the Bostonian. Me, yeah, him, yeah. the book, okay? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the, the most popular part of pushing the odds that we did. Yeah. 
people on his side of the counter do know stuff. Like the idea <laughs> right. that they don't know right. shit. Like I keep on telling Dave, like, that's not true. You know yeah. something. That's why we're, we're asking you these questions. You might that's say right. the public knows shit or the media yeah. knows shit. Okay, fine. But the guy behind me, Matthew Metcalf, does not at, at Circa Sports, yeah. the head trainer, trainer <laughs> yep. Yep. At, at Circa. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Metcalf knows a lot. Yeah, I'm not gonna say Matthew Metcalf knows shit. You know, nobody knows shit. Eh, right. I, I'll be careful about that. I'd be right. that broad. Most definitely, I could not explain that any better. Because sometimes I'll make a bet, and he like I hear him in the back of my head. And I'm like, ah, maybe that's you. Just were behind the book, behind the the counter for too many years. I don't know if I'm gonna listen to all of that nonsense. Yeah. So, so uh, well, when he says that, he I think he's talking about the uh, our side of the counter, not his side of the counter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, Matt, um, kind of sticking with what you hit on right there. You talked a little bit about some of the traps and and um, during this time of the year, obviously NFL's king. That's where the majority of the handles are going to be. That's where the majority of betters are going to go. Can you elaborate on those traps just a little bit more? What are some of the most common traps that you see betters just falling into almost on a weekly or even daily basis here during this time of the year? Well, I mean, I do it too. I mean, I, I was on the Bengals uh, against the Jets. Sure. Like, I, I fell right into it because if you think – like I always try to test myself, and, and, and this is a great tool. I always write down what happened after the fact to the bets. I try to keep like a running – almost like a diary, like a running log as to what – and so when did I come to the conclusion that this game was going to go this way? When did I pull the trigger on that bet? And I pulled the trigger as soon as Mike White was named the starting quarterback over Joe Flacco. I pulled the trigger at minus 10 on the Bengals. That was on Wednesday when I pulled that trigger. And obviously things went completely the other way. Mike White <laughs> threw for 400, whatever the hell yards he threw for. And I, I was thinking back on that second interception. I'm like, oh, see, I told you this guy's going to suck. And there we go. And then he got red hot from that second pick on in just – so I always try to correct myself when I think something is very – it's going to be easy. More often than not, it's not going to be that easy. Mm -hmm. So if you think, oh, easy, slam dunk, that should be a warning sign, red light, like flashing, flashing sign. If in your gut you always, you automatically think, oh, easy done, game over, let me bet that. Stop. Look at the line. <laughs> ask yeah. yourself, what, are, yeah. what am I not seeing yeah. with this number? And – the line movement, the one thing that I am struggling the most with in this season in gambling in general is that line movement means nothing, and it's crazy. Mm. Closing line value, Dave's got a whole running thing about CLV <laughs> because there's a trash can in Vegas that's got C, City, yeah. LV, Las Vegas, right. or CLV right. closing yeah. line value. Yeah. This whole thing on Twitter, again, is hysterically funny and it's perfect, but that's yeah. where all the closing line value goes yeah. is in the trash can, which is completely mm -hmm. true because there are so many games where the number's moving, Bengals, Jets, Closed at 11 and a half, right? I'm thinking, oh, I got a point and a half of value. I'm over on that key number. This is mm -hmm. great. Man, mm -hmm. I lost the game outright. So that, that I think is one big issue that I'm brawling with and I'm having a tough time with just with myself is that you have to keep those emotions in check. When you think something's going to be an automatic, most likely you're on the wrong side. Yeah, I agree with that 150% because I've even fallen victim to reverse line movement this year it's yep. almost like even the books yep. will say oh well you guys know about this reverse line movement know how to talk smart out there we'll do it to you anyway and then the opposite team's still gonna screw you guys it's just like i don't understand so i'm really glad that's where you took it because i yeah line movement really yeah, doesn't mean i really it, it's such a weird no thing idea. trust yourself trust yeah. your own 
Um, you know, people, I, I don't do this and I probably should, but I know people who do make their own lines and when the, when, when the games come out, they go ahead and go through it and they project what the line should be. And then they match it up to the book and they see if the lines are off and, and they don't care where the line goes from there. I do trust opening line numbers more than closing line numbers, however. So that's one thing I tend to look at. I also like to look at look ahead numbers as well. Mm -hmm. What was the look ahead number compared to what it is now? And that was a big deal, obviously, as to what was going on with, with, the, with the look ahead line was minus one for the Bengals. And the yeah. game closed at 11 and a half. Like right. yep. the, the, the Patriot game was in between when the Patriots scored yeah. 54 points. Yeah. But still, that's where two weeks prior, the books thought it was a pretty much a pick 'em game. And then the line closed at 10 and a half or 11 and a half. And I went, ah, don't worry about that. It's Joe <laughs> Burrow. It's the Jets. They suck. Oh, well, oh, I followed along on Twitter all week. You best yeah. believe me. I followed along. <laughs> and bang, so, got my head kicked in. Got so. burned, yeah. burned. All right, what do you got, Fudd? Uh, switching to college football a little bit here, Matt, and kind of with, uh, it's not necessarily a new season, but uh, time of recording, we got some action going on and time of episode release tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll have some more action going on for people who are massive college football fans, but probably haven't watched a second of Mac football. What would you suggest as far as how to approach those games? So here's the fun thing about these games. Okay. Uh -huh. It's Tuesday, Wednesday. It's yep. the middle of the week. Major League Baseball may end tonight at the time of taping. we got game six going on, so who turns on who wins tonight. Braves win tonight. Thing's over. Then tomorrow night you have a standalone, okay? So that means the handle's going to go up, big, yeah. big up, okay? Right. Everyone thinks that overs hit easily, but they don't, okay? Be careful on just blindly betting the over. In particular, this year, a bunch of these teams that normally have gone over have not had the offense. Akron, Ball State, these teams that you would think have great powerful offenses because they have in the past don't really have great offenses now. So, I mean, on all three games here tonight, I was leaning on the under on all of them. I bet the over for the Ball State game, but I just the first two games I was going under just because I think that that's going to be a lower scoring game. And after the first quarter, it was seven nothing on both games. I think yeah, so. Right. I mean, we haven't haven't seen you know the types of offense that you normally do see. So just be careful of falling victim to the narrative that it's Maction, it's Mac football, so overs are going to be the play, hmm, not necessarily yeah. the case. And then be careful of big favorites as well because it's midweek football and really funky things happen. Yep. Sure enough. Yeah, I mean, it's wild you said that. I, I was not quite expecting that answer. We talked a lot about that on Tuesday morning, our daily show. We took uh, we took a couple unders, right? Yeah, it's like almost we should be doing this for a living <laughs> or something, Max. Like we were talking about that exact same thing this morning, or a time of recording yeah. Tuesday morning for our show. Hey, Mac football, I know you look 54. Are you kidding me? Give me the over all day long. I'm taking right. it. And he took the under. Now he is opposing you. He took Ball State and Akron under because he thought it was a little too high. But I, I yep. also took the under too. So yeah, I mean, I, there is a I, philosophy I there where you take the highest on the board and go over, take the lowest on the board and go mm -hmm. under. Yeah. So that's one way of doing it. I, sure, and I just right. think I, I just went, you know what, let's just see offense on both sides. The line's Why 20. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I, I need like probably 20 points here out of out of the dog and then you get 40 points out of the favorite so we'll see on that but right. i i just think i think one of those games are going to go on to go over i think the two games yeah. that were being played earlier are the ones i liked going under yeah for sure and i think you something you mentioned was something that i'm interested to see especially this week and then obviously going on as far as those big favorites uh i stayed away from any side but i was kind of thinking the same thing a lot of these big spreads and these teams that are favored aren't i mean they're good for their conference but they're not 
you know, 10 to 20 point favorites like that. So I, that's the one thing that I'm interested to see how things play out here the next couple of weeks in the Mac. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm on uh, Eastern Michigan plus nine, and I laid the seven and a half with, with Miami, and it's 14-14 after one, so I'm good on Eastern Michigan Toledo at the moment, but it's 14 nothing Ohio, Ooh. so the one so the uh, and then it's 14-10 near the end of the second quarter, so we're, we're on pace for the under with Ball State and Akron, and well, Ohio, man, up 14 nothing at home in Miami, so hey. again, yeah. Funky weird things happen. I was going to say, but like you say, funky things happen on the weekday games. (laughs) Yes, Yes, they do. And hey, Mag, shout out real quick. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers got the first goal in net so far. So we are looking good for the two for Tuesday parlay, baby. Other than so that, that come back uh, to bite us. Time, hey, or, uh, hey, yeah, release uh, time of release. Hopefully we're singing uh, high praises on tomorrow's show. Um, kind of a few more for me, nothing too major. I want to uh, kind of stick more with um, a little bit more into NFL and kind of looking up into uh, this upcoming week. We've obviously hit everything kind of sports betting content. I could go on for probably another hour and a half with you about all that stuff. So we'll have to save that for another rainy day, another show. But um, as far as this upcoming uh, week in the NFL, I know that um, we're kind of talking about it's pretty tough to really buy too much into some of the line movements, some of the different things. Are there any early value games you have uh, already got your sights on or anything you've kind of already targeted? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple games I think that are going to be very interesting to, to see how it all plays out. I mean, obviously, the line movement for the Chiefs and the Packers game is the most impressive one at the moment because you had, you know, a, a Packers team that was – well, I, I guess they were what minus three, and now they're plus one, and mm-hmm. and then it, and there and then it's flipped back. I think the Packers were favored for a second, and now the Chiefs are being back to being favored. But the line was three, and it's come all the way down to minus one on either side. And so you got a Chiefs team that's broken. We saw it on Monday Night Football, and they don't run the football. There was an interesting nugget that came out of ESPN today that I saw that no team in the history of the NFL has made the playoffs running the football less than thirty percent of the time. And the Chiefs are running the ball right now at 29% of the time. So mm-hmm. I think we underestimated the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire injury as to mm-hmm. just how catastrophic that was going to be to the Chiefs' offense yeah. because Patrick Mahomes looks nothing like Patrick Mahomes because there's no play action to worry about. We didn't Frank Gore right. running football last night. So, like, <laughs> yeah. like we, we, we got to really question what's going on with the Chiefs and where are they offensively and how are they going to move the ball. On a Packers defense, I think it's a little bit better than advertised. And I think people are sleeping a little bit on the Aaron Rodgers MVP campaign right now. I mean, they are, they got one loss and it only happened early and they've covered seven consecutive games for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career. Mm -hmm. They've covered seven straight times. So if he goes in there and blows up, blows up this KC chief defense, which is very easy to do for a quality offense, they they should have Devontae Adams back. They should have Lazard back. I mean, I think it's going to be difficult here yeah. for this Chiefs team, and I, I definitely like the Packers coming up. And if I'm getting plus, you know, plus one, plus two on the Packers, that, that's a play I definitely will be on. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I hadn't seen that that entire line had flipped like that already. I was kind of scrolling right. through some of the lines, and I mean, to even see another one, um, Chargers in Philly at minus Chargers at minus one and a half, and then right now on some books you got the Cardinals and the 49ers at a pick. Am I crazy for wanting to hammer in the Cardinals left, right, and center? Or is there something I'm missing there? I I, I think you're okay. I think injuries. Yeah, you got to watch injuries. You got to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Hopkins is is out. Oh, um, is that ham okay. that hamstring is significant there. But wow. I mean, the 49er defense. They're at home. They're playing. Like I, I think we're into the part of the year right now where teams are desperate. And so you look at that for, that Niners team. I mean, yeah. they cannot lose any any more games. And I don't like Garoppolo either. 
but I, I think he is at times serviceable and at mm. times can, can beat up on defenses that sure. aren't great. And I think that Cardinals defense has been a little bit overrated this year. Um, and so, like, maybe we see some aggression here. I mean, they're not going to lose one or two games a year. This, this season, Cardinals are going to lose four to five games easy mm, this yeah. season. So I, I could easily see them go into San Fran and lay an egg and lose and lose this game. So, and then Kyler Murray's a little bit nicked up from last week. So I, I, I that, that's kind of a stay away game for me, but the mm. Chargers against the Eagles, man, I really thought the Lions last week, that was my worst bet of the weekend. I teased the Lions up to nine and they lost by 40 or whatever the hell yeah. it was. Yeah. So you're, uh, yeah, you're in good company with us here on that. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what to do with this Charger team because Justin Herbert, I mean, look, Bill Belichick makes a lot of quarterbacks look funky, but he makes that kid look awful. And yeah. I don't like Nick Sirianni at all. I don't think no. he's a good coach. I think you he's over his you head. You don't like roots and the flower growing up and fertilizer. <laughs> and I, I, I've never seen a guy get such diarrhea of the mouth as a head coach and look so ridiculous. His introductory press conference, he did that. Like, he just starts talking, and you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, really? Like, this is the type of person that gets nervous in front of cameras. And the last coach that I saw this nervous in front of cameras was Mike Shula at Alabama, (laughs) and it did not go well for Mike Shula at Alabama. So I I don't think this is going to go well for Nick Sirianni with the Eagles, especially in a town like Philadelphia that will dissect every word you say, and they want to feel like, you know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm not sure Nick Sirianni knows what the hell he's talking about. So. I like the Chargers here, but it just it feels like you're you're buying low on the Chargers, which is probably a pretty good spot to be on. Although on the road, West Coast team, you know it is a later start time, which is beneficial. But I, is I, I I lean I lean Chargers there. All right, and then one more for me that I was looking the the other one that's really the tightest spread of the weekend. Um, you got the battle of Ohio, Cleveland, uh, the Browns, and uh, the Bengals. I mean. I know you got burned this past week, but you got the Coyones to go back to the Bengals at home, or what's going yeah. on? Yeah, I will be on, especially at two and a half. I'll be yeah, on the yeah. Bengals for sure. Yeah. Uh, I Look, this Browns team, the older Beckham Jr. thing, he doesn't get traded today. Should have been traded. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. You got Baker Mayfield. I agree with the idea that Baker Mayfield is a ticking time bomb when it comes to that shoulder. He, yeah, yeah. he will take a shot that will knock him because his shoulder runs the risk of literally cracking his shoulder blade. And if that happens, he's done and he won't be able right. to play anymore. So they can only pop that shoulder back in so many times before it becomes just really untenable. And look, the, their running game has not been great. Their defense has not been great. And I think this Bengals team, after being embarrassed, I didn't, I'm not a spot person. Okay. I don't believe in spots. I was getting into an argument with a guy who was like, this is a great spot to back the Jets because the Bengals are looking ahead to the Browns. I'm like, the Bengals aren't not looking ahead to the Browns. Okay. This yeah. is ridiculous to say this. They just play bad. Like just playing bad. A team can just play bad and that's it. And then and they are they just maybe they overlooked the Jets, but they weren't overlooking the Jets looking ahead at the Browns. Like that's yeah. just moronic yeah. to me. But fine. I mean, that's whatever. It it ultimately proved out right. But I think this is a Bengals team coming back home. You get just a buy low on them. This spread probably should be a little bit higher than two and a half. So I like the Bengals at home. That's kind of what I was leaning to. I, I made that a little closer, maybe even four, four and a half, kind of in that situation. And we talked about it on our show, Mags. I honestly like Case Keenum in the spot more than Baker. I have a little bit more faith in the Browns with Case Keenum behind there. So Yeah, with a banged knows, up but... Baker at the very least, most definitely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and you have older, you have OBJ's father showing eleven minutes of how his son is wide open, and Baker keeps on missing him. So that's not good. I mean, yeah, when no, that's not, when no, that's not <laughs> good. And from their perspective, if you really wanted him out that bad, why not drop that maybe yesterday morning? Give him a little more time to push out a trade as opposed to right. a few hours. I think the one thing that they can do, though, and obviously we won't know until. Uh, time of recording Tuesday tomorrow when this drops right now Wednesday um, that potentially OBJ could hit waivers and then it clears all their dead cap and they don't have to pay the eight million right. to him so exactly. maybe he could yeah. potentially go somewhere tomorrow they're gonna cut him yeah, yeah they're gonna cut him and, and yeah. then we'll work a trade that way most likely to save cap space because that probably is the most lo- logical way yeah. for what they're gonna do so and I've been hearing most likely for that situation, Indianapolis Colts kind of in need of a that makes uh, sense. deep speedster. So yeah. I don't yeah. know. Hey, enough NFL. We've been all over the map. Partner, I digress. <laughs> I yield. What do you got, my friend? <laughs> Matt, uh, you're you're uh, originally hailed from Boston. Are you a uh, Celtics guy? Of course. Okay. So, so I, I need, I'm a big NBA guy and uh, you know, my bulls came back all the way. I believe that was last night time of recording for the win. Yes. Are you, as far as the full season, I mean, I've been, uh, I was confident on the Celtics coming into this season. I've been pretty confident in the last couple seasons, and they just keep failing to get over this hump, and now it seems like they keep sliding lower and lower. Do you have confidence for them, you know, bouncing back here in the next few weeks or on the full season, or is there going to be a little bit of a coaching switch midseason here? I think Brad Stevens going into the front office, this was, this was my concern for anybody that came in, because You've got Brad who's up there who you know can coach and has had a lot of success coaching. It feels like Pat Riley all over again, right? Where all of a sudden he comes down and he starts coaching. If the team struggles, he'll go take over the bench. So I don't know. Duca's going to have to figure out a way to convince the Boston fan base that this guy is the right person for the job because Marcus Smart saying the things he said about – these guys are, are are shooting too much. They're not passing. The ball is not moving. It's either Jalen or Jason, Jason or Jalen. It's like, wait a minute, Marcus Smart. Like, that's not your – I know you're supposed to be the leader in the, in the soul of the team. Right. But going out publicly and stating those things, all you're doing is pouring kerosene on this fire right now, and it's just going to get really hot really fast. Right. So, I, I mean, I made the joke that I didn't you know a coaching change may happen before Christmas, and my Boston media yeah. friends jumped all over me and were like, there's no way. Hey, that's happening he's not losing his job I'm like okay but all I know is is that you've got two guys you're trying to convince to stick around long term and Jalen Jason yeah. Tatum on, in, particular, in particular and they're they've gone to the Eastern Conference Finals twice and you know this year the Eastern Conference is better and other teams are improving Atlanta is on the rise There's other teams that are like that and I think it's going to be imperative for the Celtics to get the ship righted sooner rather than later or this entire right. season might be lost right and I, it's still one of my favorite teams to watch because I've, I've been a massive fan of tatum and brown watching them progress and uh brown at least scoring wise is off to a hot start but like you said it uh hasn't been uh you know obviously the best start i think they're two and six straight up mm-hmm. uh aside from that i always love to ask our guests what is your philosophy as far as betting on your favorite teams are you someone that likes to do that or are you someone that stays away completely from that so I get, I get accused of this all the time, and I push back hard because I bet against the Patriots in week one. I bet against okay. the Patriots in the Texans game. I bet on the Patriots against the Chargers. I bet on the Patriots against the Bucks. I don't care. I want my team to win, but right. my money is more important than any piece of laundry or any home <laughs> stadium, any you know representing my home city. 
I will bet against my home team, and it, it literally confuses my family and my wife, who's, who's from Boston. They get yeah. so mad at me, and they get so confused when, like, in the playoffs against the Astros, my mom was like, who are you, who are you taking? I'm like, the Astros. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm taking the Astros. Like, I'm not stupid. Like, I, I yeah. bet on the Red Sox to go over 79 and a half wins. In April, my Boston friends told me I was an idiot. And then the Red Sox all of a sudden get to the postseason and I'm fading them in the playoffs. They're like, how can you fade the Red Sox? I'm like, because they were picked to win 79 games, guys. Like, this is an overachieving team because they brought back Alex Cora, but they're going up against a better team, which just, they have a better lineup. Like, can go through the whole thing. So I care about winning bets more than anything else. I want my team to win. I do at times, if I am a little bit stuck, I don't know which side to bet on. I will bet against my team, hoping my team will win because then I win either way. It's a right. whole little philosophy that John Anik, the voice of the UFC from Our Boston. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yeah. Anik made this very popular of emotionally hedging and betting against your team. And for entire football seasons, he bet against the Patriots completely okay with losing the money because his team would win or they would lose and they would, and he gives money. So that was either, so he won either way. I'm entirely, I subscribe to that theory. I do if you're stuck, but if you do have a a real thought on one side or the other, it shouldn't matter if you're a fan of the team or not. Yeah, 100%. And so far, everyone's given kind of a similar answer to that, but in their own kind of style of things. I I have, I'm a diehard Packers fan. I have my own blog where I try to, you know, give responsible bets as far as the Packers. And sometimes they'll say, hey, don't hammer in the Packers minus 15 against the Lions tonight. Take it easy on this one. Go with some props. But I I personally, I I totally respect betting against your team if you think that's the right side. I personally just can't bring myself to do it, at least with the Packers. (laughs) I'll do it. I'll do it with the Blackhawks. I can't quite call myself a diehard. And so far this year, it's. uh, So how how can you be a Packer fan and a Blackhawk fan? Let him have it. Give it to him. How does that work? How, How are you not a Bears fan? So we've gone nine episodes. And you're the we've gone nine episodes, and now you're the first person to ask of this. Is oddly enough, but I I, I just think this after, is a big thing. Anybody who's a radio who knows my radio yeah, show, yeah, okay. So, I've so got I was Chicago in Omaha behind me here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so so I was in Omaha, and so uh-huh. I went through this for years because I was telling Creighton basketball fans that they couldn't cheer for Nebraska football, and they would say, <laughs> "Well, we, we we don't have a football team," and I would say, yeah. "So." You can't go and cheer <laughs> for Nebraska football in the fall in Creighton basketball in in in, in the wintertime. It doesn't you can't wear red and then wear blue. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so like my theory. So you can't wear green <laughs> and then go wear blackout colors. Like how how are black and red? Like how does that how do you square that? Green Bay doesn't I, have a hockey team? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm a Bulls, White Sox, Blackhawks oh, fan. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, I know. It's, 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 bad. it's bad. Hey, so so look, hey, Matt, hey, I, take, I, take, I take care of the Bears for us, all right? I take care of the Bears. At least one of us is on the right side. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, how, but how do you square around. that circle, though? How do you square a circle that you're going to like everything else about Chicago except the football team? And it's their arch rival. Well, first of all, uh, I follow after my, my dad and my brothers who grew up diehard Packers fans as well. My dad grew up in the Lombardi era. His dad didn't really okay. pass down Bears fandom. Second of all, I but is your right dad choices. a Blackhawk fan? <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all Packers, White Sox, Bulls, Blackhawks. All, How all is that possible that you're that 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 makes no sense? Because they me can't whatsoever. they can't strap in for losing football, Matt. They're not yeah, true the, Chicago. The Milwaukee Bre- you have the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> you have the Milwaukee Bucks. Brewers. I don't well, care how do you Brewers. care about the Packers and not care about the Bucks? You're the I defending actually, I, champs. 
I, I, I grew up in a I grew up in a town that had a decent <laughs> Packer fan base, but I've made the smarter choice. I've lived a much happier life as a Packers fan. No, this so is like Yankees no Lakers. No, no, no. This, 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 this is this oh, is like no. Yankees Lakers people. This is like you're oh, just no. cherry picking. Like either you're <laughs> no. going to be a Milwaukee sports fan and cheer no. for Packers, Bucks, and cheer for the Brewers. The Brewers. Oh, there you shit. go. Or you're going to cheer for Chicago. Like it, you can't <laughs> cherry pick and be like, well, I like the Packers here because the Bears suck, but I like the Bulls because like of Jordan. That. So I'm I'm going no, with the no, no, no. you. You well, have teams like in stuff. your state. Okay, but then you I'm a White Sox fan. Oh, I love it. But I you can't it. call me a cherry picker if I'm a White Sox fan. That's the most. Until two years ago, that's the most. <laughs> You know, a least successful baseball franchise. I, I just, you know, we had. I, that that feels like you try to justify this some way by saying I'm going to pick just, a bad team and, and, and not pick the Cubs <laughs> and go a contrarian and say I'm a White Sox fan versus the Cubs. The fan. moral of the story, friends, justification and rationalization <laughs> will get you no, only no, no. so far in this life. Hey, we have <laughs> hey, a nice I healthy rivalry it. on the show with Packers White or Packers Bears, well, uh, White Sox Cubs. So. Sure I, just don't forget life. just just don't forget that you have the brewers and the bucks in your state and you're turning your back on the brewers and the bucks oh I, I, absolutely i, never, I didn't grow up in myself, so. <laughs> absolutely electric first show with matt peralt we're already getting into the dirt i absolutely love it hey you're the first person out of nine guests that's asked me so much respect to that you gotta realize i i have my city tattooed on my arm so i oh, I, I i, I believe my city so that's that's oh, i i feel very passionate about you have to find your team and your place you should the bucks and the brewers are waiting for you that's all i gotta say yeah. bucks and the brewers are waiting for you and we digress all right before before uh we get all of your socials met um all of your shows everything we can get your insights analysis all that good stuff i want to put you on the spot real quick now mm. i don't want you to piss anybody off I don't want I'm, you to that's get what I do. okay well fuck it then all right uh whatever you want to do I just dropped into the hole in the desert that they refer to as sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. Got fresh off the plane. I'm walking. You already on. said that you, you're already in the doghouse if you said the name wrong. That's okay. It's Nevada, but fine. There you go. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I'm an Illinois guy. So okay, I, I hear you, but you, you, <laughs> if you don't say it right here, they get pissed off. So Nevada, Las right, Vegas, right. Nevada. Nevada, 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 Las Vegas, hey. Nevada. One more time. There I'm sorry, go. my friends. Las Vegas, <laughs> Nevada. Yeah. I'm walking down the strip. I say, I got to go visit a sports book. And I remember I watched that Wise Words show. That Matt Brock guy said I got to visit these three sports books the next time I'm in Las Vegas. What well, it starts with it starts with what your hat is. I mean, that's just Love basically it. like it. it starts with Circa. Like yep, that's yep. not even a question. You have to go to Circa. Then I would go up the street, uh, up the street a little bit to the Westgate, and I would check out the Westgate Superbook because that's an old school Vegas feel with a real bunch of sharp and smart people, mm. locally owned in a lot of ways. And I mean, personally, if you want the real hardcore Vegas vibe, you got to go all the way off the strip and you got to go all the way to the South Point and go see Chris Andrews and the yeah. guys at the South Point. And I, I mean, look, I, I'm not downplaying. I'm not knocking corporate by any means. BetMGM sponsors my podcast for the Daily Juice. So it's not like I'm anti them at all. But sure. I, I'm just I'm the guy that goes to the brew house that no one goes to. I'm the guy that goes to the club that no one wants to go to and the restaurant nobody knows about. So I like my locals. And Circa Westgate and the South Point are the three that I think are, are most represent most representative of what Vegas looks like from a sportsbook perspective. 
We, uh, I've actually got an opportunity to ask that question before, and it was almost spot on. Our guy Joe D'Amico, host of Las Good. Vegas out there, um, he uh, actually mentioned the Southgate. Like, you want that meat and potatoes, classic yeah. sportsbook feel. That's where you want to well, go. Well, South Point so. has a hot dog cart that gets everyone's attention because it's $2 for a hot dog. Oh, so that's and, that's and, uh, Consig's post all the time, getting the hot okay, dogs. Okay, there you go. There, gotcha. There's the hot dog stand at South Point, <laughs> and then what he, what he put on the dog. So as being a Bostonian, we do ketchup only, and that. That's it. Chicago people get all pissed off. They get really mad and they get all mad. <laughs> I, I think you guys are eating a meal with a hot dog. I just want a hot dog. I don't need 15,000 things on the hot dog. Just want the dog. It's all I, I want. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't need all the crap you guys put on it. I don't need chili. I don't need like, you know, vegetables and everything. All the shit hey, you guys put on sport peppers and pickles are a Whatever. fine I, hot dog condiment. I'm sure onions, peppers, and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That, that all goes on kielbasas and goes on like, you know, brats and things for me. Not a hot dog. I just want a friend, a friend way frank you want some mustard on it that's fine a little mustard ketchup and i'm a very simple person i don't even like relish i'm, I'm very simple but the south point is where everyone gets into arguments about what to put on a dog love so it. there's that's why everyone goes there love i love it, it. now i i'm actually from southern illinois originally obviously we're both in uh, chicago now but I don't buy into the whole DA don't put Chicago or don't put ketchup on a dog, whatever. I do a little ketchup and mustard, whatever. I still love the Chicago go. dog, but hey, I don't I don't boo-boo it like some of the guys around here. They about have a coronary. You mentioned yes. ketchup, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, that does it for about for me. Uh before we get everything wrapped up, get you out of here, Matt. Uh partner, anything else from you over there? Good, sir. Uh, well, no, I mean, I, I try to uphold the ke no ketchup on hot dogs, but then they punch me in the face because I'm wearing a Packers shirt, so I don't have too much of a leg to stand there. So, <laughs> <laughs> love it. That's Absolutely all I got from my love it. Well, we appreciate you, partner. Thank you for from your side of the box, from my side of the box. Matt, from your side of the box, my friend. Where can we find you? Uh, follow you on your socials, um, your daily mm. show. I know I kind of mentioned them uh, in the intro here, but if you want to rehash those, everywhere we can find sure. you and uh, check you out. Yeah, at Sports Talk Matt is the Twitter handle. It's the Instagram handle. It's the everything handle for anything really social to, to find me. But uh, the Daily Juice is a 365 podcast, 15 minutes that drops audio and video. It's on YouTube and it's on uh, it's on Betting Pros, but you guys can go and find it anywhere. You see audio podcasts. Um, the Sharps Report is a weekly podcast that I do that, uh, for them as well. But the big announcement with Props.com is going to be, well, one, I'm the director of new media, but watch – we spent a long time talking about some people here that we'll have some conversations with beyond the lookout for what's going to happen. We got a really big announcement coming for a daily show that I think is going to really set the industry on fire. So uh, I would say within probably two weeks, we'll have the official announcements, but it's it's going to be really exciting. So uh, be watching for that at Sports Talk Matt on Twitter for all the fun stuff there. Absolutely. I am uh, very excited to uh, see what you just mentioned there on the inside. <laughs> Absolutely. Very, very excited for that. So I appreciate you dropping that little nugget as well. We will be on the lookout for that. Um, outside of that, Matt, we cannot thank you enough for your time, your wise words. Hey, as we always say here, um, much like our friends at the Cash Can Sid show, if you're going to come here, you're going to sit through an episode, you might as well go ahead and hammer in that over because we are going to probably be here past half hour, 45 minutes, as always, as we once again have. So, Matt, we'll get you on about your day or uh, your evening here, time of recording. But before we do, all of you who decided to stop by here today, get you some wise words, some of the best insights and analysis on the market that you're not going to find anywhere else. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate every single one of you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, as always, we hope you have a spectacular 
rest of your Wednesday, unless you have any other plans. And hey, partner, let's send them off. Let's cash some tickets. Thank <laughs> you.